The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger one of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. In the beginning, God created us for four primary relationships. A relationship with him, a relationship within ourselves, a relationship with each other, and a relationship 
with creation. Before sin entered into the world, humanity had perfect access to God. There was no gap between them, perfect communion. Before sin, every man, every woman, Adam and Eve, knew themselves only as beloved. Then, without shame, Adam and Eve, man and woman, knew each other perfectly. They were completely open to one another. And, of course, they were good stewards of creation. But sin destroyed everything. Sin is primarily destroying these relationships. When these relationships are destroyed, the ultimate ending of that is being isolated, lonely, and completely on your own. And that sin that broke everything was taking, taking the fruit, which forced God to hand over something that he would, in his own time, gladly give. God wanted to give humanity everything, but humanity decided to take it. Now, all four of these relationships is broken in today's parable. The first is broken when the younger son demands his inheritance. Now, inheritance is normally given when someone dies, which means in order for the younger son to get his inheritance, he must take his father's life. Now, this doesn't literally happen in the parable. But when he asks for an inheritance, it's like he says to his father, drop dead so I can get my own. The first broken relationship is between the father and the son. The second comes when the inheritance is divided between the sons. The word in verse 12 that's translated as divided can also be translated as asunder. By the older son taking his inheritance, it means that the relationship is put asunder. Not with his father only, but actually with his younger brother. Thus, the second broken relationship is between the sons. The third broken relationship is within the younger son himself, when he loses his identity. With every step away from the father, he becomes less and less himself. And with every dollar spent, he becomes more isolated. He becomes so isolated that the only one he can join himself to is a Gentile. Now, I know it's translated as a hired hand, which we might understand is just an, an employee. But actually what's going on is when he joins himself to the Gentile, he's taking on the identity of a Gentile. He's no longer himself. This beloved son. Now he's lost his identity and he's become an unfaithful Gentile. Now the last broken relationship is with creation itself. Because rather than feeding 
the pigs, he lusts after the pig food. And as verse 16 ends, when he lusts after the pig food, he is utterly alone with no place in all of creation. No one will give him anything. This is where life of taking ends up. When you must take by force rather than receive, you wind up at the very door of hell. But this is precisely where the younger son comes to himself. The young son comes to himself because his father's love has planted a seed that only starts to grow when he stops trying to live life on his own. It's a small turn when he comes to himself, but it is repentance. You end up alone when you take things by force. So rather than doing it that way, he tries work. Perhaps he can work for a place at his father's table by becoming a servant. It's not taking by force, but it's still taking. Taking by merit. Taking what he deserves. But once the younger son formulates his plan, this is precisely where the father re-enters the parable. The father sees the son before the son can ever see him. And in the most passionate display of forgiveness, he rushes to him with hugs and kisses. And frankly, this is all that the father has time for. Hugs and kisses. He has no time to figure out whether he's truly sorry or to hear about plans or, or some words about being un, a, an unworthy son or plans of becoming a servant. The father already knows who his son is because he's the one who begot him. He's the one who decided who his son would be when he decided to have a son in the first place. Nothing will change the fact that the son will always be his beloved. The father guarantees love. So he simply dresses his son in his own clothes, the best clothes, and starts the party. Because that's the way it's supposed to be. Now at this point, three out of the four relationships are fully restored. The one with his father, the one with himself, and the one with creation. But the one with each other still needs to be fully restored. And it's not up to the younger son to restore. He's repented. He has entered into the house. He has returned to his father. But will the older son take this opportunity to forgive? To restore? In order to forgive, though, the older son has to do something that we don't know if he's willing to do. Admit his own sin. He too hasn't loved his father because he took his inher inheritance and he also acted like a servant. That is his confession. Father, how long have I served you and never disobeyed a command? 
That is not how a son talks to his father. But that's how a servant talks to his master. And of course, he hasn't loved his brother because he no longer calls him brother. For the older son to receive his brother back for full restoration, to live life the way it's supposed to be lived, means to repent of his sin by taking. Not taking by force, but taking by merit. He believed he had a right to be his son because he worked so hard. But that is not who the father is. That is not what matters most to the father. All the father wants are his sons back, to receive them as gifts and restore the relationship by eating with them. Just like Jesus does with the sinners and the Pharisees. To understand this parable, we must remember that Jesus receives sinners as gifts and restores their relationship by eating with them. This is why the parable is for you today. Each one of us will find ourselves either in the younger son, the older son, or maybe some combination of both. Whether you are the younger son who sins by taking things in life, by force, demanding that life just kind of bend to your will, or whether you're the older son who believes you can take life because you deserve it, that doesn't stop Jesus from loving you. All Jesus wants is God's children to come back and live like his children, in full communion with him, knowing themselves as the beloved, in complete all openness and vulnerability to each other, and becoming stewards of God's creation. So please come back to yourself and see that Jesus receives you as a gift. Even though you sin, all he has time for today are hugs and kisses while you sit down to eat together. Jesus is the one who gladly gives his life to you so that you can love him back and love each other with that same love. But you can't have Jesus without having each other. They go together. And without Jesus and each other, you'll never know who you are meant to be, much less knowing your place in this world. So let us come to ourselves and return back to Jesus so that we may enter the relationships we are meant to live with him, with each other, with ourselves, and with creation. Then, fully restored, let us rejoice at the one big party, which is the Holy Eucharist. Please don't stand outside, but come on in. In the holy name of Jesus, Amen.